1: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Welcome
0: to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of Patsfans.com.
1: And welcome to another edition of Patriots 4th and 2. I am your host today, Derek Havins, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Steve Balceria. Unfortunately, Russ Goldman will not be joining us, at least at the beginning of the show. Maybe we can squeak him in at the end, but he is uh, on a different journey right now. So uh, <laughs> I I am just welcoming you all to the show today. We have a very, very interesting week ahead of us. First and foremost, happy Thanksgiving to all of our all listeners. Hope you all Uh, Have a fun time with friends, family, uh, wherever you are around the world. Uh, I know I certainly have a lot to be thankful for, like my two friends, Steve and Russ. uh, And, Steve, another Patriots victory. It was a barn burner of a game. (laughs) Patriots win over the Jets in New England, 10-3 on one of the more exciting finishes to a regular season game Certainly at least in recent memory. I mean, I don't want to go all the way back. I know you're much older than me, Steve, as I love to remind you, but, (laughs) but in the last, you know, 20 years or so, I mean, that was an exciting finish. Marcus Jones with the walk-off, you know, punt return 84 yards. He was named the AFC special teams player of the week. Easiest decision they've ever made. Uh, Steve, first and foremost, Let's start with the last play before we get into the rest of the game or one of the last plays of the game. Uh, It's so fun when you and I talk about the pre-draft process and we get excited about a player. The team takes a player and then you see that player contribute to your team. And we've been doing this show a long time. Uh, we talked about Marcus Jones a lot in the pre-draft process. He was a two-time All-American. He had nine punt, he had nine kick and punt returns for touchdowns in college. This is what he does. He truly is, has a special gift for it. And I'm not sure what the Jets were thinking. We can get to that bridge in just a second. But what a play by Marcus Jones. And uh, you could see the elation on the Patriots' sideline. What a big play.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I I can't remember... Um, a kickoff or a punt return at the end of the game like that in a Patriots game. I, I mean, I have to go all the way back to Joe Washington running it back against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I, I was racking my brain trying to think of one. and That was a very, very long time ago. Um, but um, what a great play. And you and I have been talking offline about this kid all season. Yep. And we both said it wasn't a matter of, if he's going to break one and bring it back to the house it was just a question of when cuz it seems like every week he's really close to doing it and this week you know at the absolute perfect time he uh he he broke it um once he you know he made that first guy miss and he started breaking to the outside you could see that extra gear coming in and once he reached the sideline i was like this is going to go for a while. This is not going to be a 15 or 20 yard return. This is going for a ways. And I was thinking he might, you know, take it to the house. And you could hear the crowd noise gradually getting louder and louder. <laughs> with, each,
1: with each cut. It's funny because on the CBS <laughs> broadcast, I'm, I'm, I'm actually at the, I'm at, I'm at the cab, I'm in a cabin in the, up north for my brother's birthday. And I'm watching the game on my cell phone. I couldn't get I couldn't get it to stream to any of the TVs. The what I couldn't get any TV picture at all. The Wi Fi was barely working. I, my service was minimal at best. I missed the first like three minutes of the game until I got back and I rewatched it as I always do. And <laughs> as soon as he caught the punt, Steve, there was nobody within the CBS screenshot. And I I thought he was going to do what they what he previously did on the first on the two punts punts prior, which was punted out of bounds and he i don't know if he was accounting for the wind or what but he just line drives this thing right to him and you could tell right away you're like oh he's got a little room here and then some excellent blocks uh you know by a bunch of people mac wilson excluded we can get to that shortly but uh you know the look i mean for one the crowd just erupted and it was f- bitter cold from what I was told uh, by someone in the stands. And I know how that windshield I think with the windchill, it was in the 20s. And we know how that goes there, especially up in the 300s. Uh, but man, the look on Robert Sala's face after Marcus Jones scored was just a look of just disgust and just looked like his stomach was doing like just doing absolute somersaults. It was just, it was a, it was a grow. If you're a Jets fan, that's a gross way to end the game, especially because you kept it close despite your offense doing nothing, which we can talk about briefly. Uh, and it's just, man, Steve. I mean, look, the Patriots' offense moved the ball throughout the day um, at times, but it's like a negative play or a sack or something, and the drive stalls. Especially when you, the closer you get to the red zone, the worse his offense is. Okay, and. You know, the Jets were equally as bad. Uh, they were terrible. They had uh they had they averaged two point seven seven inches per play in the second half on offense. I've never <laughs> seen a stat like that. Uh uh, you know, I think they had like 44 passing yards or something like that. Yeah, uh, Zach Wilson, net
0: Yep, passing yards.
1: Zach Wilson uh really causing some serious serious controversy in the locker room with his postgame thoughts. I'm just wondering if the Jets are gonna totally blow up after this loss. This is the kind of loss that will send them down the other way. Garrett Wilson's panicking in the, in the locker room saying he can't do this S anymore. I'm like, dude, you're a rookie. You've been there for like five minutes. It's a buckle, buckle up. You got you got a few more years left. So, uh, uh, but you know, for me, Steve, um, let's go back to the Patriots offense. Um, I thought that, you know, Damian Harris gave them a spark. Uh, you know, they got the tight ends more involved. I thought you saw a little more creativity with the, you know, they, with the, uh, they had the multiple formations of, you know, both Harris and Stevenson in the backfield. They did a little bit with a running back and both tight ends. They were trying to really trying to, you know, mix it up. You got to give the jets a ton of credit. Uh, defensively. That, that front seven is, is no joke. I mean, if, you, if you're if you a fan of front seven football, you loved this game because both front sevens were tremendous. That was
0: me. I was not bored. I, everyone kept saying how bored it was. And I, I love front seven football. So, you know... I, I wasn't I, bored I, I until was, the third possession of the second it. half. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I was enjoying it. I love watching defenses. And yeah, we all want to see them score 40 points every game, but you know, I, I I'm just a fan of defense, so I wasn't bored at all. I was excited, actually.
1: I I wasn't bored until the third possession of the second half, and it wasn't. And I I trust me, we talked about this off the air. Not every game has to be 37 34. I'm okay with the lower scoring game. I I it's nice to see. It's refreshing, but the offenses were so bad. I mean, both of them are just total total train wrecks. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know for. Similar reasons. I mean, both offensive lines were, were really bad. Both quarterbacks. Uh I didn't think Mac Jones was was terrible in the game. I, I actually thought he was fine. Uh he he did take he he did take too many sacks. He has to learn to, you know, to get rid of the ball on a couple of times. Uh but I thought he had some I thought he was okay in this game. It was it was for for how bad the offensive line is. Uh, and you know, when the pressure the Jets were able to get, I thought it could have been a lot worse. So I thought I saw a little bit of improvement there. That's something I'm going to keep my eye on, uh, you know, as the next week or two move forward, because I don't know what they changed on offense. It looks like they made some changes. It's really hard to tell against a very good Jets defense. But if the offense looks a little more competent, then maybe all maybe we have a little bit of hope. But I'm really worried about the offensive line, Steve. I mean, it goes back to that. Uh, you know, they're, they're moving guys all around. David Andrews lost for... You know, probably, uh, you know, if not the season, it, it seems like a, at least a few weeks for uh a thigh, not for thigh injury. Um, who knows what's going on at right tackle? Uh, you know, it, it, it's a it's a it's a really really big concern right now. It's my biggest concern on the team.
0: Yeah, and getting getting back to Mac uh, Mac Jones and the sacks. I read a really interesting article yesterday from Mark Daniels of. Uh, uh, Mass live. He's no longer with the Providence Journal, but you know, Mar- Mark's a really good guy. He's on top of things. And to, to answer Chris's first question, uh, Derek, uh, Derek, and I are going alone today. Russ had to uh, go out and take care of some last-minute stuff for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, um, Mark Daniels wrote that the average time that Jones was getting sacked was 2.8 seconds, which is really fast. In fact, the first sack of the game uh, and on the first play of the game for the Patriots, he was sacked in 2.1 seconds, which, you know, when you're taking a seven-step drop, your back heel hits the ground and you're getting tackled. So the longest he held the ball was 3.1 when he was sacked that's not very long and you know that if you after he uh wrote that i went on the all 22 and on several of the sacks he was getting hit before his receivers were even making a break and you and i talked about that um you know the, the offense just seems very clunky it doesn't seem in sync right now but it it all comes from that offensive line. Everything stems from there. It affects your running game. It affects your passing game. It affects the, the routes your wide receivers can run. It, it's, it it factors into everything. And right now, it's a train wreck. I mean, you know, it wasn't just the right tackle. I mean, Yadnicka Juice gave up two sacks. Trent Brown gave up two sacks. That's four sacks from your perimeter, guys. And then they tack in the penalties and the pressures and the quarterback hits, and then no one getting a push up front. It's just not good. And, you know, they're playing a Minnesota team. We'll we'll get to them in a bit, but, you know, they're going to have to be a lot better because that Minnesota offense isn't the Jets offense.
1: And that's the issue that we're going to face, I think, down the stretch here. You know, the Patriots, I think, have this season has gone very similar to how I thought it was going to go, honestly. Uh, you know, maybe mix and match one or two games that Bears lost still is a killer. Uh, you know, that really hurts still as you, you know, kind of down the stretch. But look, the Patriots defense is playing well. I want to give them a ton of credit. I know Russ, with Russ was here, he would be mad if I was marginalizing who their opponents <laughs> are. But let's be honest, everybody, they've played some weak, some weaker offenses, and you know, they have they're going to have the Dolphins, the Bills twice, the Bengals. They got some challenges ahead. Even this Vikings team, you have an elite running back, an elite receiver, some nice complimentary weapons, uh, and a quarterback who's kind of a Jekyll or Hyde guy. Uh, in primetime, he's 10 and ten and 15. So primetime Kirk, you do get him in a spot you want him. But at the same time, you have all some big challenges that you have to figure out how to slow down. And if you're the Patriots, you know, you can't, you can't go and score, you know, 10, 17 points against, you know, these teams coming up. You got to get into the mid to high 20s, and they need to figure it out. And you can't bank on defenses and special teams touchdowns to get there. So, uh the Patriots offense needs to do a better job of stopping the negative plays because they are not good enough to overcome them right now. And they need to do a better job of executing in the red zone. If the offense can improve down the stretch, obviously the defense I think will I think it'll still be good cuz I've I have i am confident in what I've watched them do, Steve. But I don't yeah. know if it'll be as good down the stretch just because they're facing better competition. But oh, yeah. if the offense can can start scoring a little more. I think they'll going to I think they can make a little bit of a run. We'll see. We'll see. I'm um, <coughs> you know, I I still think they're probably going to end up around 9 and 8, kind of how I had it at the beginning of the year, but I think if you can steal this one, Steve, if you can steal this one on the road, Short week, I think you have a good chance at 10 wins. What do you think?
0: I, I absolutely. And, you know, the, the bottom line, I mean, you can't expect a defense to hold everyone to three points every week. I mean, that's – I don't care if you're the 85 Bears defense. I mean, that's just – it's unrealistic. Yeah. and And granted, yeah, they have been playing weaker offenses – but you play the guys on your schedule, and they're performing right now. Are, are they going to hold the Vikings to three points? Uh, I, I tend to doubt it, but, you know, um, I, I have no problem with the way the defense is playing. They're going to have a really rough game this week because, as you said, they have a tremendous running back. They have really good receivers, and not just Jefferson. And a, a quarterback that when he's on, Kirk Cousins, when he's on top of his game, he's as good as anybody. You know, he does have those stinkeroos of games that pops up. And I think the whole team had a stinkeroo last week against Dallas. So we don't know who's going to show up. Is, uh the Vikings still reeling from that loss? Let's hope so, you know. Uh, but getting back to this Jets game, the offense, and, and again, they they had, you know, they had moved the ball. They had 300 yards of offense. And you think about all the negative plays on defense and the sacks. If if they you take away those, you know, then they're right around 400 yards. But they're not being able to finish drives, and that comes from the sacks, the penalties, the negative plays on first down, especially, and it puts you behind the sticks. And I, honestly, with this offensive line. I don't know how they fix it at this point because I don't, it,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't think you can,
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, um, they picked up Connor McDermott from the jets practice squad, um, who the Patriots drafted a few years ago. Um, you know, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, nobody's getting it done on the perimeter and that's alarming. Now I will say this, David Andrews, uh, Zoe was on the air on Monday yep. and he said that Andrews uh, might even play on Thursday night.
1: Yeah. Some conflicting, some interesting. So here's the thing. So I heard the same thing as you and I spoke off the air about it. Zoe doesn't just throw things against the wall. He's very informed. He's, he's he, he has very, and that to me is an informed, you know, opinion or an informed take. Now I'm sure he doesn't have everything, but he probably knows that. Yeah, it's it's a serious injury. But David Andrews is a tough is a tough sob, and he's hearing that it's probably going to be shorter. We never really got specifics on the Andrews injury, which I find extremely odd. Um, you know, a lot of national guys, Ian Rappaport, Mike Giardi, Adam Schefter, have a lot of ties to the New England, you know, front office and. I, I, I'm, I thought that when Ian Rappaport came out and said that it was, you know, he has a chance to come back late in the season, maybe for the playoffs, but nothing's really guaranteed. I thought even that was not as specific as a a report as we were, you know, we're accustomed to, you know, per se. So the Andrews thing is interesting, but James Ferrand sucks, Steve. I mean, just, just, he is horrible. (laughs) I, I, I can't watch anymore. Give me Cody Rossi. Give me Chasen Hines. Like somebody, I mean, I, I, it needs, uh, he's, he is tough and Cole strange is really struggling, but you know, where he, at the beginning of the year, when he was in a good situation with a motivated Trent Brown and a bought in Trent Brown and, and uh, on his one side and healthy David Andrews on his right side. Well, you know, he was in a good spot. Now you have, unfortunately, Andrews has kind of gone through with this year from an injury standpoint. And Trent Brown, I think, was benched last week, uh, you know, for something disciplinary. I had heard a rumor uh, that he was late to come back and check in with the team from the bye week. Who knows? We'll see it going forward. But you're... Yeah, and I is...
0: also read he had an illness.
1: Yeah. So we don't know. I, I Thank you. I, I, I don't know. Like I said, it was just a rumor. We don't know. Could have been disciplined. Could have been sick. I don't know what it is. Anyway, so... Something to keep an eye on. I don't think you can fix it mid-season, Steve. I I honestly, I'm hoping that Bill is, I know he's usually reluctant to bring in outside people, but I really think he needs to bring in a dedicated offensive line coach, uh, you know, or if it's Billy Yates, you know, and they elevate him, that's fine. But I, I, I really would feel better about either bringing in some kind of a veteran off the line coach. They need to do something with this offensive coaching staff. I just think they're too thin on that side. And I think it just reflects, I'm not, I don't want to excuse the play. I mean, I know the two kind of bleed together, like a, you know, Venn diagram per se. Uh, there's, there's not great execution on the offense right now. Uh, but I do think that the coaching is on all in almost all areas it is really been affected. Uh, and, you know, the running back room is good. So you don't really see it there as much. And I can't speak to certain running back, you know, uh, responsibilities because we just stop privy to that. But, you know, from an off, I mean, I don't know. We don't know the offensive line stuff too, but I know that they shouldn't be allowing six sacks. I don't care who's no. playing. Okay. And They're as two games it,
0: against the jets, they've allowed 12. Yes. Yeah. And
1: I think it was nine against everybody else from what I, you know, yeah. which, which seems low. And, you know, John points out <clears throat> uh, in a great comment and, you know, the jets defense was number one last week. Terrific unit. You know, they did kill themselves oh. with penalties. That's a dumb, that's a dumb football team, but, I'll say this. They're also a young football team. They have a very, very young team. So you're going to ride your highs and lows with the young team. So, you know, John, I I agree with you. Cute dog in your profile picture, by the way. I'm a big golden guy. Um, Where do we want to go from here, Steve? And we could talk about a lot of things. You know, Rush usually keeps me on the rails. I haven't hosted in a couple months, so I'm feeling (laughs) I wasn't prepared
0: for this. You haven't hosted since we were still talking draft stuff, right? I know. I was looking back.
1: I was looking back at a couple of mock drafts that I did actually after the Marcus Jones return because I was so damn proud of myself. I like, go, oh, I really hit the nail on the effing head with this one. And I was looking back at some of the mock drafts and I had a couple of them. We talked about it, but there was a couple of guys and we were, we both were all over it. Um, you know, anyway, but going patting the, myself in the
0: back, going to the defense, I, I was watching the film and, and again, I saw something that. They started doing it against the Jets, and I think it was just to get them ready for other quarterbacks that are coming. They, on obvious passing downs, they were putting Mac Wilson in yep. and leaving him as a spy in the middle. And then, if you know, they started chasing uh Zach Wilson, there's so many Wilsons and Joneses, and I mean, yeah, You're losing you track. we're losing everything. track. But yep. anyway, when when they started chasing him and, and getting him to move sideways in the pocket, then Wilson would join in from the, the interior uh, linebacker position. But I, I think that's a really good idea, especially you know they, they have um you know Kyler Murray, two games against Josh Allen, they'll face Tua again. I think that's a really good idea and gets them in that mode, okay. We're going to be doing this more and more as the season goes on. Let's start doing it now.
1: Yeah. And I thought John Jones was all over the place. I thought Kyle Duggar was excellent in this game. Dietrich Wise was excellent in this game. Um, you know, they had, Mac Wilson had one or two negative plays, I thought, especially the one that he almost got called for, a block on the back. I'm glad the refs swallowed that because I, I think Jones was already gone. I, I'm hoping that was the case. But, they saved us overtime, saved us from overtime, <laughs> which I'm not sure anybody wanted at that point. Um, can we just take? A, I, I don't want to. I'm not making fun of Russ because I love Russ, but I can just tell. Um, I think we were robbed, Steve. Of look at this. Look at this. Okay, okay so people who are not or only listening, you know, you can't see the captions, but maybe the Patriots' defense made Zach Wilson play so poorly. We got Mac Jones or Sack Jones? And does the scoreboard matter anymore? So, you know, <laughs> yeah. he had rants ready to go uh, unleashed on the Boston well, media. We were robbed, we were robbed of this experience,
0: <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I, I know you and uh, Russ would have really gone at it with the uh, oh, yeah. some of the topics there. And oh, this, yeah. I know Russ, he had told me earlier this morning, we were talking offline, and he told me he was going to put in does the scoreboard matter anymore? Because apparently the uh, a lot of the media people that Russ can't stand but listens to every week, which I never understood for which is 11 the largest, years now, which Derek. Largest, I haven't got it. It's okay. the largest
1: demographic uh, in Boston radio. People who say they hate it, but they can't I've, turn the I've, dial I've,
0: off. Yeah, I've, I've never understood that because he can't stand them, but he still listens to them. Apparently they were saying the scoreboard doesn't matter they didn't play good enough to win. So, well, I
1: don't think either team really played well enough to win the game for a large majority of it. I mean, at the end of the day, the Patriots executed and the Jets didn't. It you know goes back to the final play, and it just shows you, Steve, how you know it really is a sixty-minute ball game. And I I I do get that. I mean, yeah, I just. That yeah, we can get into the the Russ's yeah. <laughs> Boston radio obsession on it. We'll, we'll 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 dive back into it. Make it an off season show. We got plenty of time. But y-
0: getting back it. to the original one you put up, did the was the Patriots' defense responsible for uh, Zach Wilson playing so poorly? I think yeah, a large part of that. Yes, sure. because you know they had him under a ton of pressure too. That Jets offensive line is also a mess. And, you know, they were running through the same problems that the Patriots were. The difference was, uh, excuse me, that in spite of that, Mac Jones threw for 246 yards and Zach Wilson threw for 77. Now, Wilson tried to say after the game <laughs> that it was the wind that was affecting his, his throwing. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought when he came out, Everyone was talking about how strong his arm was. And we don't hear people saying that about Mac. So <laughs> how can how can Zach Wilson have a stronger arm and he only throws for 77 because it's the wind affecting him on the same field? Mac Mac Jones is throwing for 246.
1: You think uh you think Zach Wilson's done in New York,
0: Steve? I think for the time being, he is. I I don't think it's a permanent thing, but a lot of it's going to depend. I think a lot of it's going to depend on his attitude because I think he played really poorly because say what you will about the the pressure on him, which he was under a lot. He was sacked four times. But, you know, they had some throws out where they had a wide receiver screen or a running back screen. And he just sailed the ball over his guy's heads.
1: Oh, by like three feet. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a
0: maybe even more on that one uh, toward the Patriots sideline. I mean, that he had the guy like inside the hash marks, and he the ball landed on on uh, like on the Patriots bench.
1: And look, I'm not comparing these two players, Steve. I'm not comparing Zach Wilson and Josh Allen. But it took Josh Allen like three years or so before you started to see it kind of click which mm-hmm. is a little bit to be expected. But for a while, there were a lot of throws that he just airmailed. Oh, yeah. And you saw that a lot with Zach Wilson, too. And sometimes it takes these guys a little bit longer. But the difference is Josh Allen has a a very good makeup. And you we don't know what's between the years in the pre-draft process and in the, in the facilities and all that. Zach Wilson's comportment and lack of accountability and... Just how he, how he carries himself in general. I just think it rubs people the wrong way. There was a lot of talk of the pre-draft process about the red flag it was that he was not a captain in college, and I think him to to have him stand up at post-game and say that he didn't let the defense down was a joke. I mean, it's if it's if you lose, it's I and me. If you know we win. It's you know them and we you know and he doesn't have that like at all and uh, I mean it's it's really I don't know what they're gonna do I I think they probably will keep playing him but I think if he plays badly in this game he's on the short leash because I think Sala he feels the pressure in the locker room and they can't you know they can't. You know, stroll out 44 passing yards and expect to win many games. I mean, that was a huge loss for the Jets. I mean, their season's not done. You know, just like the Patriots season, is is it over? And they're, you know, they're stamped into the playoffs. But that game had huge ramifications for both teams. And to put up an offensive performance like that, clearly have the Patriots right where they kind of want them because both teams are, you know, both teams are struggling. I mean, the Patriots, where I had it somewhere here, the Patriots had eight possessions and and. And uh, eight possessions, which they lasted five plays or less, and they had five possessions where they went three and out. I mean, the Jets were dominating on defense. The Patriots couldn't move the ball for stretches. Some stretches they did, but they they couldn't punch it in. And missed field goals and weird wind. And the Jets 3-3, you know, with only a couple seconds left in the fourth quarter. And they made a mistake and lost the game. But so the defense did their job. Special teams did their job. The offense did not. And for Zach Wilson to you know, to have that lack of accountability afterwards, I think he's treading a very, very dangerous line with that locker room.
0: Oh, yeah. Because, you know, the bottom line is it's not just saying the right things. It's doing the right things. And, you know, when you show that type of arrogance, you have to wonder how well he takes to coaching. You know, I mean, we're not in the Jets locker room or on their practice field. But those are the things that, you know, resonate, especially with your head coach. You know, how many times did, you know, uh, we see Tom Brady after a, a bad game say, hey, I have to do better. I have to, you know, make sure the guys are in a position to succeed. He always took accountability and he had plenty of, you know, juice to, to if he wanted to take another tack on that. But he never did. And when the Patriots won, it was all the guys played great. And what do you what do you always hear Brady say after a win? It's all about team, team, team. Yep. And this guy, he's just tone deaf. I mean, he said no twice. And and then, you know, later on in, in his postgame press conference, one of the other Jets beat writers, I, I don't remember who it was, asked him, you know, he's like a couple of your wide receivers seem you know, pretty frustrated and the correct answer would have been, Hey, we were all frustrated. You know, we all want to do better. You know, I have to do a better job of getting them the football, blah, blah, blah. And what is the answer? Well, I'm pretty frustrated with them. I mean, that's not the answer. And you know, the guy, other guys in the locker room are hearing this. So I think, I really think he lost that locker room right now. I think the best thing, for Robert Sala to do is to sit him down and, and start making him accountable and not just throw him right back out there saying, Oh yeah, you're the guy, you know? So I would
1: have loved to be a fly on that wall because apparently he met with, um, you know, I guess upper management, you know, however you want to term it uh, on, was it Monday? I think it was Monday. He was two hours late for his scheduled media availability. And you know, so for me, I look at it and I'm just like, you know, they, I, I don't, I'm curious if ownership is like, look, you have to write it out. And he wants to make a change. And they're like, you know, we drafted him, you know, number two overall. We can't go back. Or if it's reverse, he wants to keep him. And they're like, you know, you can't. I would bet the ownership would be forcing him to keep the younger guy. And he wants to make the change. And you know what? The funny thing about that is if they lose, if, 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 if he does that, he can lose the locker room and then he'll lose his job, you know, because then, you know, because they'll, because they'll lose and then ownership will turn around and he'll be like, well, I told you, I wanted to go with Mike White or Joe Flacco or whoever else. But I mean, I think they, I, I don't know. I, I think he's, I would just have sat like, like you said, I would have sat Zach Wilson down and said, Hey man, like you're on a short leash. You know, you got to, you get, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to say. You know, if things aren't working, we're going to have to make the change and just go from there. Um, all right, let's, let's go ahead and step aside here for a quick second, take a break. When we get back, we're going to have a quick conversation about the current AFC playoff standings, and then preview the upcoming game against Minnesota Vikings.
0: Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, Wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com/slash marathon. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty.
1: Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News and World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world
0: needs you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire,
0: huh? (sighs) Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com
1: and we're back here on patriots fourth and two again Derek Havens here hosting in place of Russ Goldman today along with me is mr. Steve Jerry. um Steve, let's talk about playoffs. We can talk about the playoffs today, okay? Um, Right now, the Patriots are the number six seed uh, in the AFC. There's seven teams in each conference, assuming everybody knows that. But uh, the Chiefs are one, Dolphins are two, Titans are three, Ravens are four, Bills are five, Patriots six, Bengals seven. Patriots have a, a few opponents left on the schedule who are all playoff teams. What are your what do you what's the percent? What's give me a quick, quick conversation. What's the percentage you think the Patriots make the playoffs right now? And, um, you know, are you are you surprised they're in this position or are you kind of expected it?
0: Um, that's a good question. Percentage. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, you know, the, the rest of the schedule and it's tough. So I'm going I'm not going to say 50-50 but I'm going to go a little less than that. I'm going to say 40% chance they make the playoffs because of the way this offense is playing. Actually, at this point I thought they would be better. I predicted they were going to win 11 games this year and I thought they would be about 7 and 3 at this point. Okay.
1: Yeah, no and and Honestly, uh I mean you probably should be right. They, I mean they shouldn't have lost that Bears game unfortunately. The other game so you can kind of chalk back and forth, but they'd be better off if they were in that position, that's for sure. But Chris,
0: Chris gives them a 30% chance.
1: I give them I give them about a 25% chance right now and it really I think a lot hinges on this game. I don't I Here's my biggest thing. I've, I'm extremely encouraged about the defense. I think the defense is outplaying my expectations for what I had them this year. They've had some emergence of players, and Russ and I got into an argument about this at the beginning of the <laughs> year. But but it kind of happened the way I said it was going to happen. If, they, if the defense is going to play well, that it's neat, players need players needed need to emerge that we weren't expecting. Jelani Tavai has played a has played pretty well for the balance of the season. I wasn't expecting that. Wasn't expecting Dietrich Wise to come out of nowhere and and take a take a different step you know, where, where he's at and the, the, uh, you know, some of the younger players and and it's, it's been encouraging to see. I still have some trepidation versus these offenses coming up and I'm still looking at the offense for the Patriots. And I'm wondering how they're going to score against some of these teams that are going to put up points. And so that to me is where my biggest reservations are, you know, and I'm hoping the season doesn't go down the way it went down last year, Steve, where little Rocky start, Really solid middle, and then they peter down the stretch, you know, because the last few years they've done that. Last year it was very similar two and four, six and oh, two and four, you know. We so that was the that's how the that's how the season went for the 18 games they played last year, including the playoff game. So I want to see how they finish. I think how they finish this season, and Mac Jones especially, I'm really hoping we see a little bit more for him down the stretch because it's been tough to evaluate him as we've discussed all season long. He hasn't been healthy all year you have some big tests here i'd like to i'd like to hit, see him end his season however the patriots season ends i'm hoping it ends with us feeling better about mac jones than we do right now uh cuz i know i think russ said on twitter on sunday he was ready to move on from mac jones he stamped him the franchise quarterback last year but okay. things have changed i guess I, I don't know i still think you're probably settled into another year of mac jones next year and you make your evaluation after that but what do you think about that steve
0: yeah cuz I I, again with the play of the offensive line, it's really tough for your quarterback to make a, a year two jump. I mean, it just for <laughs> us, Derek argues, No, that <laughs> never happens. Never happens. Uh, that's good. Um, you know, it's just like every week when I do the you know positional report card, you're looking at your skill position, guys, the quarterback. The running backs, the tight ends, and the wide receivers. And it's really hard to give them a legitimate grade when the offensive line is playing so, so, so poorly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And you know, I, I don't think Jones is going anywhere. I, his confidence doesn't seem to be gone. You know, um, I thought he played I thought he played well on Sunday, given what was going on around him. Was the results there? No. They only scored three points. But, I mean, 23 of 27, that's 85%, 246 yards. I mean, he was averaging 9.1 yards per, you know, per attempt, and um, his quarter passer rating was 104.6. There's nothing wrong with that. I think, you know, what we talked about, poor play along the offensive line, the negative plays, the sacks, the penalties, those are drive killers. And this is an offense that has to play ahead of the sticks. So when you're constantly putting your offense second and twelve, second and thirteen, you know, they're they're not built to come back from that.
1: Yeah, you know, Tom, you know, Tom Brady when he was here, you know, good offenses now like Mahomes or, you know, or Allen, you know, you know, you can take a five yard, you know, false start or a 10 yard holding penalty and still make something happen. This team can't do it. You know, I mean, the, one of the most miraculous plays of the it only happened once, but one of the more miraculous plays of this last game was the Ramondre Stevenson third and sixteen pickup. You know, and that was and that was to me horrible defense by the Jets, it was terrible <laughs> tackling. But it yeah, that it, was it, all him. Yeah, but Stevenson was there to make the play, and I give him a lot of credit for that. But Steve, as we as we turn the page here, we are on to Minnesota, and this is a an interesting spot for the Patriots. This is their This is what we call old man hell. And what I mean by that is this enters the first of four primetime games in a row, which I know you and Russ are just going to love. Thursday night, Thursday night, what is it, Monday night, and then Sunday night, I think? Yeah. So so, uh, it's, um, I don't know what the NFL was trying to accomplish putting the Patriots into primetime so many weeks in a row, but. Hopefully they play, perform better than they did in that Bears game because we need to we need to change the uh, national perspective on this team right now because <laughs> uh, and and now they're going up against the Vikings team that is playing well aside from last week where they got absolutely stomped by the Dallas Cowboys but they've been playing good football Steve they've been playing better they've been playing pretty good defense they've run the ball well Kirk Cousins has been playing pretty well there are some questions there are some flaws with this team Steve. Uh, but they do have the talent. Give me your initial thoughts, opening thoughts on the Vikings.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about the, the Vikings offense a few minutes ago. And, you know, but you, when you look at the numbers over 10 games, the Patriots are kind of almost right there with them, which is amazing to me. When I looked at the numbers, I because I was expecting Minnesota to, to be way ahead of them. You know, per game, the Vikings are only averaging like 20 yards more than the Patriots per game. And when I saw that, I was kind of shocked. And it starts with the running game. I mean, you know, the Patriots running game has been trending downward because of the offensive line play, but they're still averaging like 12 more yards per game on the ground than Minnesota. And I was like, that has to be a typo, you know. <laughs> defensively their secondary is kind of held together by turnovers. You know, when I, when I say that, that those guys intercept a lot of passes and that's something we're going to have to look at, but you know, uh, the Vikings are 31st in pass defense and they can be, you know, they can be passed upon. Now we say, I say that with a grain of salt because you know, um, the Patriots don't seem like they can pass against anyone right now with that, you know, um, with that offensive line. And they have two guys that can get after it on the edge, which as we all know is that's where the weakness is Darius Smith. I mean, he has, I think it's nine and a half sacks right now. Um, But I think you can pass on Minnesota. If you get any semblance of protection, you're just going to have to be careful because they are ball hawks. And I think you can run against them a little bit.
1: No, absolutely. And uh, I I do think you can move the ball. The biggest thing for me for this Patriots game is you can't give them the extra possessions. You know, I think just if you can just move the ball down the field and finish in the red zone, you know, you're going to be in just such better shape versus, you know, if Mac Jones, if, if, if you're, it's already going to be a tough hill to climb, Steve but if mac jones throws a pick or two or the drive stalls out there's a there's a turnover there's a turnover on downs you give them those extra possessions and i think you're i think if you keep it tight you you're going to be in a one possession striking distance at the end of this game if not having the lead and i think if you have a turnover or two um i just think that you know you're that's when they'll probably start to pull away the thing about the vikings is that they haven't really blown out anybody you know they mm-hmm they 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 really they they've done a, I give them credit because this is you know it's happened for half the season okay so maybe maybe the bottom will fall out for them or not but to their credit they have found a way to win games late which good teams do okay and maybe that was a fluke but i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've done it for half a season so you know there is if they you know if they play tight uh and they turn the ball over i'm saying they is in um uh, they as in New England, I, I just think that they're going to be behind the eight ball a little bit because Minnesota has found a way to beat those teams all year. But, you know, I thought the Patriots did a good job not turning the ball over against a good defense this year. I thought Mac Jones had some pretty good decision making outside of probably needing to learn to throw the ball away on a couple of those sacks, which we already discussed. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm curious to see what the game plan is for the Patriots. If you're the Patriots on defense, Steve, and you're Bill Belichick. What's your, your first priority? Is it Dalvin cook or Justin Jefferson? And how do you defend that player?
0: I think they have to double him up. I think they have to have somebody underneath
1: on Justin yeah. Jefferson. You mean? yes, yeah. And have okay. safety
0: help over the top with Jefferson. And I think the way they've been playing, uh, their run defense. I mean, I think they continue with that. I mean, they've been doing a really good job. We'll see how it all plays out. But, um, I think they have to be really sure tackling this week. I mean, I think that should be the priority because you've seen how many times when Cook breaks a tackle, all of a sudden he's gone. So they they have to stop that from happening. But um, I think you continue the way you have been playing, and that's stop the run, make them obvious, you know, past situations, and kind of bracket Jefferson – and make them beat you somewhere else.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree, and I, I I think you need to start with Justin Jefferson. You can't let him dictate the game. He's too good. Uh, he's too dangerous. Uh, he's put up incredible numbers in his early years in the league. Uh, off to a tremendous start. You know, I probably go Jonathan Jones, and you know, we then like you said, you probably have Devin McCourty really kind of float to his side. But to me, if I'm the Patriots, I'm saying we're going to double Justin on almost every play. We need to make sure we tackle, like you said, keep Dalvin contained. And if TJ Hawkinson or Adam Thielen beat me, then so be it. But I'm not going – if I'm the Patriots, I am not leaving that game saying, damn it, how do we let Justin Jefferson wide open like that? I don't – that would be the worst-case scenario. Like, I don't – I it, it, if T.J. Hawkinson goes off and, and beats and beats the safety, beats the linebacker in coverage, you know, that would suck. But I, I would rather have that happen than, than the first two guys I mentioned. So, um, you know, to me, I just find that really interesting. Let's get into – um, our, our three keys to the game, Steve, and I'll start with you. Give me your three keys on how the Patriots can come away from Minnesota with a win on Thanksgiving night.
0: Yeah. I think number one is, is you have to find a way to stop shooting yourself in the foot with these negative plays and penalties and you know, the, the sacks. I mean, I think you can be able to pass against this team. And as strange as that may sound, I think it's time for the tight ends to get involved more in the passing game. Yeah you, this last you, week. yeah. you, you mentioned early in the show that they had a pretty good game. They had five catches for 60 something yards. I don't remember. the. I think it's 60 even. And it was on five targets. So that was there all game long. I think they need to start dialing that up more. Um, And I think you can uh, run against Minnesota, but the whole thing with this is the negative plays and shooting yourself in the foot has to stop. That's, I think that's number one. Number two is I think they have to get the passing game going. And if you have to use the back out of the backfield, so be it. I mean, I really think they have to get the tight ends involved. I've already mentioned that once. I think this is a week to get them involved and start, you know, hitting on the seams so to get those linebackers moving backwards. I think it'll help your running game. And number three is you can't give up big plays. You can't. And, you know, that's the thing that Minnesota relies on, I think. That there's, you know, in all of their games, it seems like they fall behind early. Then they start hitting big plays and they come back. And, you know, that's why their games are all so close. You have to... Stop them from getting big plays. You have to make them, you know, run a Patriot style offense all the way down the field, a nibble at a time.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you. Uh, for me, I would say the first key for me is just turnovers. I just, I just think that you can't, uh, they can't overcome those extra possessions right now. Uh, and uh, I, I just think that if you cannot turn the ball over, you're going to help yourself because putting yourself in a hole and giving the team more time is, is going to kill you. I mean, the Patriots controlled the clock this last week versus the Jets. Their time of possession was, you know, very strong. I think it was close to 35 minutes around that. And they didn't, they, they held the ball. And the easiest way to prevent the other team from scoring, Steve, is to hold on to the football. I mean, it mm-hmm. sounds, it's not, some of these things just sound so simple, but it is tough to do. I, I think they really need to, I'd like to see them, you said get the tight ends more involved. I want to see them attack the middle, And attack the sides. And what I mean by that is I want to see some, I want to see the Patriots try to get some players in space, have them get some yak ability. I thought you saw that a little bit more this last week, especially with someone like John who Smith. Now, sometimes the ball just flat fell out of his hands, which is a whole different conversation. But, (laughs) but but I, I think that just getting the ball into some playmaker space, quick, you know, quick passes, Steve, you know, not letting Mac, Not letting that offensive line become an issue. I know they want to be this slow developing, deep over route passing team, dangerous stretch the field. They can't do it because they can't block up front. Okay. And that's and flat out that's just how it's going to be. So what do you got to do? You got to get back to what was working. You know, run the ball, play action under center, quick hits. You know, get the get you know, get the Devontae Parker five, seven yard slant. You know, same with KB. Hunter Henry, get him involved, get John who involved, you know, use the backs and look, I think it stretches that's worked. And the third thing is for me, Steve, they have to finish in the red zone this week. You got oh. to, they I got to, you can't, you, you have entered the season now folks where I don't want to hear Nick Fulk kick four field goals in a game, yeah. you know, <laughs> one or two, that's fine. I, I, his, his, his two misses this last week, I'll chalk up as the wind, anonymous, anonymous. I can't say that word. Apparently. anomaly. Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I will chalk that up to the wind. I don't want to see Nick Folk more than two on two field goal attempts the rest of the season, okay? I want you need to score touchdowns down the stretch. It starts this week. They need to figure out a way to finish in the red zone. Steve, final thoughts on the game this week and give me your score prediction.
0: Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. It it probably is good for Minnesota to be playing so quickly after, you know, they just got absolutely curb stomped by the Cowboys. I did not expect to see that. Um, Although I picked the Cowboys to win, I thought it was going to be another one of those close games. So, you know, in that aspect, I think it's probably good for Minnesota to get right back out on the field to get that taste out of their mouth. But, um, you know, what the Patriots, as strange as it may sound, they, they seem to be playing with a lot of confidence. <laughs> they do. You know, it seemed like the team is really coming together and they're playing with confidence. And I, I like that, even though the results aren't showing in the scoreboard so much. But, you know, originally, and I was on a podcast last night down here in South Florida, um, I, I said Minnesota might win a close game, but I'm going to flip-flop that. I think the Patriots are going to win a close game. I just have that feeling. They, they're they going to pull this one out of their back end somehow and score enough points to win maybe 16 to 13. Bless you. So this there's three, there's three field goals from Nick Foles. <laughs> What was the what was the score? Sorry about again? That. I mean, yeah.
1: What was the was the score again? I was too busy trying to mute my mic and sneeze at the same time. Failed epically. 16, 16 to 13. 16 to 13. Okay. Not the score I was hoping to see. Um I, well, from a Patriots perspective, yes, but I was hoping in the 20s. I have a weird feeling about this game, Steve. I don't know if I'll This is one of those things where the Patriots have what one last like a like five of the last six and I'm just buying I'm just I'm just sipping the Kool Aid and got my rose colored glasses on or what but I I think I'm fascinated to know the the answer to this question and we are obviously going to find out this week does the but does the Vikings loss bad loss to Dallas does that piss them off and they rally or does that tank them on a short week. You got Kevin O'Connell, a first year head coach, finally facing adversity for the first time in his young career, halfway through the season. How does he handle the situation? How does the team handle the situation? Kirk Cousins did not look good this week. He does not usually look good in primetime. Again, he's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde guy. How the Vikings respond to me, I think will be fascinating. Uh, I know the Patriots are going to respond, uh, uh, you know, or, let me rephrase that. I know the Patriots are going to be ready on a short week because I know how Bill prepares them. Whether they execute or not is a different conversation. But I am I am really curious to see how that whole aspect comes down. I think the Patriots will be ready. I'm sure Justin Jefferson will make some plays, but I don't think he'll kill them. And I have a feeling the Vikings are going to be making mistakes in the critical in, the, in some critical spots. My only question is going to be if the Patriots are playing well enough for the Vikings mistakes to matter, if that makes sense. I have, I, for some reason I have little doubt the Vikings are going to make a couple of mistakes in some key spots. My question is if the Patriots have only kicked three field goals and it's 17, nine or 20 to 11 or something like that, well, then it probably won't matter as much, but if the Patriots are scoring some touchdowns, you know, they haven't scored a a, a touchdown in the first quarter of the entire season. I mean, they have to score. They, 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 it comes down to points. Um, Am I wrong on that, by the way? I don't think I am, but I, I, am pretty sure they have not. That's,
0: a, I was just going to look that up because that, that's, um, I said it with such confidence,
1: so we, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty sure I have to go back and look at my notes, but I don't think they've scored a touchdown in the first quarter all season. They, they, if I'm wrong, someone please, uh, I will, I will, I will may a culpa on the next show, but I am pretty sure they have not, and I don't know, See, It just comes uh, at the end of the day, the scoreboard does matter. Okay. I'll fight for you, Russ. The scoreboard does matter and they have to figure out a way to, to win these games. And the only way they're going to do that is, um, okay. Well, Chris says he doesn't think I'm wrong. So if Chris says that it's good enough for me, um, I'll, I'm just going to take that. And run well, I
0: like, I also like Chris's idea of playing six men on the offensive line, bringing in the extra tackle, Yep. you know, uh, on one of the edges, probably the ones that Darius Smith is on. Um, yeah. You know, dangerous. and hey, if you have to do that, you have to do it.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean, if you have to, if you have to lose a guy out, then so be it. But right now, you can't, if, if I'm, if I'm Bill, I'm just tired of seeing the offensive line just get beat like a drum constantly. And you, you got to figure, you got to figure it out somehow, some way. Um, my score prediction, Steve, I'm going with 20 to 17 Patriots. I think it's going to be really, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a, a crazy barn burner. I don't think it's going to be, you know, a slow game. I think it'll have some ebbs and flows. I'm not sure if it's going to be entirely that high scoring, but I'm fascinated to see it play out. Uh, last, to end the show, Steve, your thoughts on having your team play on Thanksgiving night. Do you like that? If you had to have your team play on Thanksgiving, would you rather be the first game, the middle game, or the last game.
0: First game. Because really the, yeah uh, wow, i'd rather disagree
1: them... for the, <laughs> over, yeah, over the first thanksgiving game slot. because
0: <laughs> during the second game is when our, our family usually eats okay okay so you don't want to miss any of the game while dinner's going on and honestly i hate the thursday night game on thanksgiving because you know you have the tryptophan hangover and <laughs> you know and you're falling asleep by eight o'clock because of all the turkey you've eaten so you know it I know I'm not going to fall asleep this Thursday night because the game will be on, but I, I really uh I really hate the late game on Thursday. You know, to me, it's just overkill. I, I've been against the Thursday games all along, but I like Chris's prediction too. He has the Patriots 17 to 14 over the Vikings.
1: Mm, similar to my score yep, right on right there. I mean, you know, for me, Steve. So I guess it I guess it depends because if you're on the East Coast I can see your point because you probably my thought was you know you want to be the first game being on the West Coast if you're watching if you're a West Coast fan watching the game well the first game is on early enough where you're still cooking food you're still prepping you know yeah. you you're, you got you got family you got family coming in. Uh, you know, if you have, if your family coming over, you're, you got you got you're out of the small talk. You're helping unload the, your aunt's car with her forty pies, and you know you're, you got turkey basting everywhere. You got you got, I almost curse. You got stuff all over the kitchen, <laughs> and then, you know, your middle game. That see, I like the, the night game for me. It starts at six twenty, yeah. so it's like. We've already eaten. We've already had our leftovers. We've already taken a maybe dozed off on the couch for a few minutes. Now you're ready to watch the game and get in bed before ten o'clock. You know, I so I kind of like it, but it, it is all about perspectives. The middle game for me is always tough, and maybe it's just because I always split time between my parents. So I'll spend the I'll spend the morning or early afternoon with my mom. I'll spend the evening with my dad. I don't know. So I I I all I know is is I have been on a diet for several months. And I am going to gorge myself <laughs> on, on, on food and a hot take for you to end the show, Steve. Maybe not that hot of a take. Leftover turkey sandwiches are better than turkey on Thanksgiving. As long as there's gravy left. Yeah, as long as there's gravy. And I'm a big mashed potato guy. I love mashed potatoes. Yeah. And my family I mean, my I, family. I like potatoes. the
0: open face turkey sandwich where you just pour the gravy over it. Oh yeah. Leftover. You can do that too.
1: Yeah. You could do that too. Favorite Thanksgiving side, and then let's wrap this thing up. Mashed
0: potatoes. Me too. Me my too. my wife makes the best mashed potatoes ever. I'll be there.
1: I'll be there. I'm coming <laughs> to you. Um, she's Ari- making
0: she's making a huge pot of them you know
1: yeah well you gotta i mean they and they keep forever and you can just go to town on just just give me like a bunch of mashed potatoes throw some turkey on there just pour a bunch of gravy a little salt and pepper and let's go
0: and throw the corn on top so it looks like i'm eating some vegetables perfect yeah exactly just throw
1: just for color (laughs) sure um anyway i i hope that everybody listening has a fun safe a happy thanksgiving with your friends your family uh we are sorry that we didn't get to have russ on today it was not planned uh, but life happens, uh, and I know him will be back for our next show uh, next week, which will be on our regular Wednesday uh, time, as we've been trying to stay pretty consistent with that this season. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this game plays out, Steve. Um, you know, maybe we have to do a show a little earlier because we got Thursday games, you know, now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe we can try to do a show earlier in the week uh, next week. So follow us on Twitter and make sure – uh, we have our handles right here in the video chat. Uh, so follow us on Twitter. We'll we'll keep you updated. Don't forget to uh, like, share, subscribe to our Apple Podcasts uh, uh, and also on our YouTube channel. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Patriots Fourth and Two. For Steve Ballish, Jerry, I'm Derek Havens. This has been brought to you by PatsFans.com, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks
0: for listening, Chris. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.